0: Tonight is October 27th, 2022. We just got back from the One Association Conference, and the title of tonight's service, tonight's message, is Own It. Own It. Come on. We got some stuff that's been signed into our names that we're taking ownership of tonight. Let's go to Psalm 105.
1: So there's a reason why we still have you guys standing up. So open up to Psalm 105. Babies and Bible. You've stood longer in subway lines than Starbucks. It's going to be all right. When you get to Psalm, as you turning to Psalm 105, say, own it. Own it. Own it. So we're going to read verses 1 through 10. But verse 1 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among his people. LCM, do we have something? Do we have... Within ourselves, within our spirit, do we have a cause to praise the living God? Yes. So praise the living God this evening. Thank him for his glorious works. Thank him for everything that he has done. The fact that we're even able to be here right now in this service, we have so much to be thankful for. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, you guys can be seated. Look at verse 2. It says, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonders, works. LCM, we're just coming off the the 2022 One Association Conference. And what an amazing conference we just had. Do you guys agree? Think about all the things that God did over this weekend. Think about the, the supernatural encounters that we had. Think about the new relationships that have been formed. And the honest truth is we want to hear about them. We really do. We, Linton and I want to hear about them, but we also know that within the body here at LCM, you guys want to hear about all the things that happen at the One Association Conference. So as we go through the sermon, Linton and I, we're going to try to work through as much as we can fit within our time frame. But much more importantly... No Everything that you experience this weekend, share with each other. Speak about it. To speak with one another, spur each other on to his love and good deeds. Check out Psalm 105, picking up in verse three. It goes on to say, "Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually." Man, wasn't he strengthening? at the One Association Conference to see our brothers from different churches, to see Submission Ministries, to see The Arising Church, to see King's Harvest, to see Remnant, all together the one roof there in Gatlinburg. Wasn't it struggling just to be in the presence of our brothers and sisters? Do you guys remember after each session, and by the way, pastors, thank you for the sessions that we had. Were you guys appreciative of how much time we had in between each session? A time to fellowship, to talk, to actually to, to look at each other face-to-face, to share what genuinely what's going on inside of our lives and what the Lord has been doing up until the One Association and at the One Association itself. Man, there were even times when we were up in the conference room to like 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Right Some people, on. 6.30 in the morning. And you know what? All the more, all the better. You know, when I, when I think about what took place at the One Association... All the time that we spent there, 6, a, 6, a, 6 a.m. in the morning, 4 a.m. in the morning, whatever it was, and could, you, could you feel God's supernatural strength in those moments, yes. in those conversations, yes. empowering you through to, to, to give your listening ear to your brother, to share genuinely what's going inside of you beyond your physical abilities. Jesus said that the, the, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Was the spirit of God burning inside of you? Yes. See, we were being supernaturally sustained at the One Association Conference. We also want to take some time to, to encourage the mothers, to encourage the easers in the room, who were reflecting their husbands at the conference, pushing through, doing whatever was needed to, to, to perfectly reflect their husbands. We want to encourage your mothers that as as husbands, we cannot do this without you guys. And you guys were reflecting us perfectly at the conference. You're a model to follow for other mothers. Verse 5, remember the wondrous
0: works that he has done, his miracles, full stop. Now, uh, pastors uh, uh, shared this with us in the beginning of the conference, and in all of our excitement, and if you like me, and all of our tardiness getting into the conference in the back, you might have missed this or not been able to really engage with this. We had miracles at the conference. Gwen, can you stand up? You stand up for us? Did y'all hear what Pastor Eric said about this little girl's eye? How when in Indonesia, they prayed for her, and there was some discomfort because her retina was literally rotated backwards. And when they prayed for her, she literally said, I'm hurting, this is painful. But she has a father who is faithful and who has faith and believes the Lord and says, you know what? Maybe God is changing her anatomy. And then right before the conference, the pastors go to the doctor and the doctor is examining the eyes saying, Hey, it looks like her, her, her retina is rotated. Like the, whatever needs to be rotated is rotated. And she right now with glasses, she can drive in Texas. You, you want to go drive in, Gwen? You want to drive? I'll let you drive my car. Church. Do y'all, do y'all remember how much we, we, we prayed for? How, how desperately uh, our pastors were calling us to intercede? That is a miracle. And we could e- very easily just kind of scoot on by and say, yeah, God does amazing things. No, that is a miracle. And that's something we need to celebrate. And if that was all, that'd be enough. But we got more testimonies. Did you know at the conference... They were people who were filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues while they stood in their seats. Did you know that? People were filled by the Holy Spirit while they stood in their seats. That is something to celebrate, LCM. That is Acts 1 kind of church stuff. And that is what God is allowing us to experience. You know what else is something really cool? From a brother from King's Harvest Church. As a brother was going up to intercede for other people to pray for other people, to pray for the people that were sick in this church. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That is something to celebrate that we need to be up in arms about. As much as the, uh, the crap that's going on uh, outside of these four walls and outside of the association, God is greater. Yeah. God is mightier, and he showed himself that way at the conference. Yeah. We have sons being reconciled to the father and to their fathers at the conference. Brandon, it's good to see you, brother. We got salvations breaking out and people dedicating themselves to the Lord for the very first time. Y'all remember what they read out of Luke 14? When one sinner repents and turns, there's rejoicing in the heavens. Hallelujah. And we get to reflect that. Udon, stand up, brother. I hope I said your name right. yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. That is a mighty man of God in the making right there. And he is taking strong declarations of faith. Look at that smile. Yeah. <laughs> Look at what the Lord, we got reasons to be, to be thankful, church. Yeah. Verse 6. Oh, offspring of Abraham and offspring of el you know, That's right, Matthias. Praise the Lord. His servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord, our God. These are, these are fathers talking to their sons. These are parents talking to their children, reminding them of the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. And we have things to pass down to them in this manner. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. God has not forgotten his covenant. And that covenant is flowing through us. And we get to celebrate it. And we get to pass it on to our children. We get to talk to them about the praiseworthy deeds that the Lord has done in our lives. The covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant. All of this that we learned about this past weekend, what, we, what the Lord is teaching us even to this very moment in his worship service. All this we learned is not even primarily for this generation is not for us, it's for them. It's so that the pattern and the way of life that God is teaching us, is embedding in us, is driving down into our souls, will be passed on to them. That our lives would make an impact so much on them that they would say, hey, this is the way my father walked. This is the only way that I can walk. This way of life is being established for all our descendants. We are changing family lines and family names. Say hallelujah. This really reminded of, reminded us of a passage in Hebrews turn to Hebrews 2
1: as you guys have turn to Hebrews 2 say own it oh, yeah. we'll pick up in verse 1 it says this therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away does anybody want to drift away not at all. It's an encouraging
0: message. Yeah, it is. This really is an encouraging
1: message. Check out verse 2. says, for since the message declared by angels prov- proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience <clears throat> received a just re- retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great re- salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard it. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Man, when you guys were, when you guys were at the One Association Conference, was the word of God in abundance? Man, it, we were being stuffed like an ox, right? Right? But we weren't, being, we weren't being stuffed like an ox for the purpose of being stuffed like an ox. We were being stuffed in that way. We were given the word in abundance so that everything that we were hearing would be formed inside of us. Yeah. That we would pay close attention to the things that were being said. We were be able to look at the lives of the men on that stage, giving us the very word of God so that we can hold to the exact same pattern so that we will not drift away. Amen. So when the Lord is pouring out miraculous things that we've heard, things with Glenn's eye, things with Ubon, things with with people being filled with the Spirit of God as they're crying out to him. Why is the Lord doing all these things? He's doing it because men of God have held firmly to the ancient pathway. And it is an encouragement to us, men who have laid down their lives, men who have... uh, sweat, blood, and tears to see that moment that we experienced at the One Association and God, just like Jesus... Just like Jesus in the time of the disciples, he worked alongside with signs, he worked along the disciples with signs and wonders to attest to who they were. And the Lord was pouring out his favor. The Lord was pouring out his power. The Lord was pouring out everything that he had for us at the One Association to say, hey, these guys have held to the pattern and so should you, LCM. So So should you, One Association. This is what we've come into. This way of life, the deep convictions that we encounter with, has saved our lives. Can you say that? Can you honestly look at this way of life? Could you honestly look at the things that were given to us over the weekend and say, no, this has, has saved my life, is saving my life, and will continue to save my life as I hold on to this pattern. This is what we've been given. This is why we, we get to pay careful attention because this is the only pattern that works. Man, did they make this clear over the weekend yeah. that nothing outside of the biblical pattern that has been given to us will ever produce the fruit that we're seeing now. So we have so much to be thankful for. Yes. We have children in this room who were not supposed to be born medically but they're here. Amen. Because God said that the pattern that he's given us that he's he's bestowed upon us that we get to carry as a mantle it produces life everywhere it goes. And that's what we're experiencing in this room, LCM. Now, do you guys remember session one with Pastor Zeke and Elder Eric? Man, what a word. King of cannibals, right? Were you guys blessed by how they opened up the conference with that word? LCM, you guys are deep wellsprings of life that pour forth out to others that others can draw from. With that being said, we want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians, pick it up in in chapter 1, and we're going to read in verse 4. And we're going to read this in the NET. shout out to Pastor Nick. Bowling. Says, you're turning there, say, own it. It says this, we know brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you. Say he has chosen me. He's chosen me. In that our gospel did not come to you merely in words, but in, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Surely you can recall the character we displayed when we came along among you to help you. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord when you received the message with joy. That comes from the Holy Spirit, despite great affliction. Amen. You know what's always built the Church of the Living God, Great affliction as a result of having deep convictions. With joy, with joy. Come on. So everybody smile for us with, with joy. you see them teeth, right? Because nothing can take the joy of the Lord from us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. What we just read in First Thessalonians chapter one that what we were given, what we experienced, what we saw with our own eyes, what we experienced as a body was power, the Holy Spirit, deep convictions. Paul writes in Corinthians, says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a demonstration of power. Did you experience this at the One Association, LCM? So this is what we mean by the kind of fruit that we experience. Yeah. It came as a result of men of God who walked in the power of God, who, who hold to the teachings, the ancient path, and men with deep convictions. See, there's a lot of people out there who, can, who, can, who who could hear the things that we heard at the One Association, nod their heads, take very good notes, but the difference between somebody who nods their heads and takes good notes versus somebody who can grasp in their heart what they're hearing and start to put into practice is a deep conviction that goes beyond your intellect. It's a deep conviction that works its way inside of you that changes your entire nature. More than just agreeing with a point. More than just saying yes to a point. But saying, no, this is what saves lives and this is what has saved me. See, we experienced this at Gatlinburg. And one of the things that we heard from session one, King of Countables, was that we need to have deep convictions set now so that we do not drift away in the days ahead when we are prospering. How this is going to reach a thousand generations, LCM, is by having these deep convictions, by, not, by owning these deep convictions, making them ours. It originated with our fathers, and we make them ours so that in the days ahead when we're prospering more and more, and God is going to do it as a result of our obedience, that we're staying on the course, we're staying on the path, we're staying to the ancient way. Y'all hear what Brother Bim is saying?
0: The only reason that we were allowed to experience everything that we experienced, like the the real reason that is, is because there was men of God. There was women of God who said, hey, this is the deep conviction of Scripture, and I will not move off of it. I don't care if we're starting off in a living room. I don't care if we're getting persecuted by family. I don't care if I'm just preaching to my family. This is a, a deep conviction in the Word, and we will not move off of it. And Gratefulness over time produced this, and then it produced sons, and then it produced other churches, and then we get to go in and partake and enjoy in that labor, but the reason that we could experience that is because men men stood on deep conviction. And another truth, when the word of God comes to us, when God speaks to us, when his word enters our ears, it has weight, it has mass, it means something, God speaks and he creates things. So the only reason that God spoke what he spoke to us, the only reason this way of life is in front of us, because he means that we would have it. He means that you would have the same deep conviction and produce the same things that your leaders have produced. That's the only reason that God would speak to us in that way. That is why we are here. Were you stirred by the example of James Patton? John G. Patton's or Patton's. Peyton, yeah, I imagine a man like Peyton, John G. Peyton's father. See that that moved me. When I when I thought about the faithfulness of a man who was a uh, a maker of clothes, who had a had a a a storefront, uh, a store in the front and a house in the back, and he faithfully worked that job for forty years, and he faithfully prayed and poured out his soul before the Lord and that moved his sons, that impacted me because I've received that. I have seen, I've received the faithfulness of men who engage with the Lord. But you know what? I'm also a father. I'm also a father. And that is what I want to transmit, not just to my my physical sons, but my spiritual sons. That was moving to me, church, so I'm going to share that impact with you. Turn with me to Daniel 10, picking up in verse 9. I'm going to go ahead and get there. Then I heard the sound of his words. And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, "O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, Daniel. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. See, when I think about a man like James Payton, the father of John, I think about a man that knew how to engage with the presence of God, not for fanfare, not because he was going to preach, but because it was his conviction, it was his deep conviction to get into the presence of the Lord and find out what God's heart was, to find out what, what God, God's heart was about the matter, to find out what God wanted and what God led him to was praying for the nations was praying for the heathen nations that they might be reached with the gospel. I learned as we were riding back home with the Tisdales, the Tisdales are an amazing blessing that we got to travel with, and we listened to a little bit more about John Payton's life. As he was wrestling with the decision to go to the islands and trying to, and, and trusting the Lord to bring about unity uh, in his team. And as the pastors told us, everybody was trying to, trying to discourage him about what... Uh, it might be smarter to do this or smarter to do that what i learned from his autobiography is that his parents when he was a boy were secretly praying that their children would go to the mission field they were secretly praying that lord lord we we are so in tune with you so in tune with your heart that we want our children to serve you and go to the nations so when he was deciding when he was they left for joy because God had answered their prayers that is a man who knows how to get with god Find out what God's heart is. And as a result of faithful obedience and faithfulness over time, that word manifests in that man's life. His own flesh and blood got to go and participate in the prayers that he prayed. That moved me. Daniel was a man just like this. Talking about Daniel in the Bible. Pick it up in verse 12. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God. Your words had been heard. And I have come because of your word. Daniel was a man of deep conviction and he had been standing on those convictions for decades. Remember, Daniel was a young man when he went into captivity and now he's an older man and he he has shown the ability to stand on deep convictions. What we love most about him is that he didn't just do this when it was easy. But he sought the Lord in the midst of persecution, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of whatever you want to call it. He sought the Lord. That is a, a conviction that we need to own that is becoming ours that we see in our fathers. He humbled himself so that God that he might know God's heart and his plan for his brothers.
1: I love John Payton. One of the parts that moved me during the, the first session Was that after he lost his wife and his son, they shared with us that what kept them going was the recollection of his father, James, and the fueling of the Holy Ghost. We know in Acts 14, Paul says, it's through many hardships that we enter the kingdom of God. Praise the living God, because we need that. And when this man had lost his wife and his son, the recollection of his father praying the deep convictions that his father had and being empowered by the Holy Spirit is what kept him going man that is moving to me because I've seen this in this house I've seen in in tough times watching the spiritual fathers of this house I've watched them go through trials and turmoil but they stand upon the very word of God they open the very word of God they said what what did Abraham do what did Elisha do? What did these great men of, of men of God do? And as a result, I'm going to do the exact same thing. How do you think that impacts me when I'm going through similar things? When I'm, I'm wrestling with similar things, I think I think about a man like Matthew Piro. What would Pastor Matt do in this situation? Matter of fact, what did Pastor Matt do in this situation? Right. And through the recollection of other men of God, spiritual fathers, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we move forward. And we can go around the room saying saying this for every one of us. We're here not not because these men don't have to work through things. We're here because of men's obedience to the very word of God. John's life was a testimony as a result of his father's prayer life. As a result of his father raising him up. As a result of his father's deep convictions that John then made his own. And that's what kept him going. And what happened? The nations were one as a result of it. Yeah. That's what's in store for us, LCM. That's what's in store for us is when we t- hold on to this way of life that has transformed us. The only reason Lent and I were even standing on this stage Is because this way of life has saved us and is saving us. And the reason why we're all here together is because this pattern works. This way of life is the answer. And as a result of being empowered by the Spirit of God, as a result of looking to the Word and seeing what other men of God have done and what our fathers have done, we can win the nations. It is inevitable. It is a certainty. It will happen. Damon Sedita, you are a deep will. The Lord has called you to be a deep
0: well that men draw salvation from. Jaron Snell, you are called to be a deep well that men draw from the salvation that you tasted. That is what God is, is calling us to. And it's for every last one of us. So we're talking about our fathers. We're talking about what we've received for them. And that is great. That is the pattern. But you know what? What about you? What about me? We are called to be the very same things for other people that they were for us. And, and that is what we're saying, not what you should do, not what you can do. We're saying that is what you are. That is what we are in this church. That is what we are in the one association. So, you know, we just going to walk like it. How about we just do it? How about we just own the fact that, hey, I'm a deep wellspring of salvation. I have the living water flowing through me. And if you need it, hey, I have it. Come and read the scripture that the Lord has been sharing with me. Come and see what God has done in my family and see what he'll do in yours. That is what he's called you to do. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Moving on. Session two. Were y'all uh, were y'all blessed by the Cajun tornado, as they, as they refer to? Were y'all, were y'all blessed by Pastor Mike and, pa- and Pastor Buddy? Did they bless y'all? Strong sons, not weak men. Yeah. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 3, picking up in verse 1. Mm. I, own I own it. I'm going to go ahead and read it. it. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you, to you or from you? Do we need a plaque on the wall to testify to our masters in divinity? No. no. You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in and of ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. We're not looking for letters of divinity. We're not looking for the accolades of the world to testify to what God has said must happen. We look to the men around us. We look to the men that we pour into. And I, I loved the message that, that Pastor Buddy and uh, Pastor Mike preached. That was one of my favorite messages that I've ever heard them preach. Not really, and it, the message was great, but I know, I know what their life is looking like. I know that they are dying to raise up sons. I know that the only reason that God has made it clear to them, the only reason that they are around is so that these men that, that he has called, them, called behind them, they would raise them up. And that's what I loved about the message. They, were, they weren't preaching a well-crafted, well-organized message. They were literally telling us about their lives and what God has done. And I loved it. I miss Buddy. I, I miss him. So I love hearing about what God is genuinely doing in his life. I miss my brothers in Dallas. And I loved hearing about what God is genuinely doing in their life. See, they, they began to cure some things in insecure men that seek for affirmation from uh, uh, things and not pouring their lives into people. That, that, that was a, a, a timely and, a, and a, a prophetic word for how we are to not only be strong men, but to make strong men. We're not raising weak men in this house. We're making strong sons. I want to tell you something. If you are a son in this house, raise your hand if you're a son in this house. All right, ladies too. They, they won't get it online, but it's okay. They can come and buy you coffee and explain how you are a son and I am a bride. they will be all right. If you are a son in this house, you are not a weak man. You are a strong son because God has made you that. He has called you that. So all we have to do is stand up and own the fact that, hey, I am a strong son. I am a son of the living God. I am led by the spirit of the God, and that spirit is not coy. That spirit is not weak. That spirit moves me to obedience to my father. That is who you
1: are. I love how they, the phrasing was, you praise them to raise them. Yeah. I love Pastor Mike. And I love Pastor Buddy as well. You can, you can literally see these men pouring out their heart and their soul for the next generation as yeah. they we're preaching. It reminded me of Philippians 1, uh, Philippians 4, 1, and we'll put it on the screen. It says this, in the NASB, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, so stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. These were men speaking as fathers laying on their lives for their sons. Elsim, can you relate to that? Can you relate to the spiritual fathers in this house who are laying down their lives for us? Yeah. Paul writes here, he says, my joy and my crown. Yeah. It was a joy for him to do this. It, just like Jesus said in John 10, it's like nobody takes my life from me. I lay down on my own accord. No one takes the, the, the lives of these men from them. They lay it down on their own accord. It is their joy. And as a result, we become their crown because we're imitating their faith. We get to do the same for other people. Nobody takes our lives. Nobody. We lay it down on our own accord as a result that the generations will be one. It is our joy for the generations to be one. And this is what Paul's writing here. So in the message, strong sons and not weak men, could you hear the life-giving prophetic speech that was going forth? Yeah. Even 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 though even when they didn't call your name specifically, could you feel the Spirit of God breathing on that message? Could you, could you feel what God was doing in that room, in that moment? Could you feel things falling off, off of us? Like, no, I am a strong son. Not because I get everything perfectly. Not because I, I'm always zigging when I... Sh- no, no, no. I am a strong son because I refuse to give up. Jude says, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling... And to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, the Father's rejoicing in the heavens because we refuse to give up. The Father's rejoicing in the heavens, and we match that joy on earth by laying down our lives that other people's will find life. And that's what we noticed from session two with Pastor Mike and Pastor Buddy. These men were laying down their lives so that the generations after them, so that the sons that they're raising up after them would be exactly like them and even go even further. All right, let's talk about
0: this sermon with Pastor Nick and Pastor Nick. Mm. Did y'all get, raise your hand if you got wrecked. Say everybody in here. That, that sermon so uh, moved me for, for a few different reasons. I felt like the first two messages were God pointing us at what, the, giving us direction. Like, Father's giving us direction for what should be being done. And to be honest, at this message, uh, I felt like we were being fathered. I felt like god was was healing things in the room uh, in uh, all across the room from men who felt like they they couldn 't be fathers or from men who didn 't even felt like they couldn 't be sons and therefore were disqualified as fathers this was a to me it was a healing service and and God did amazing things. Turn with me to second kings eleven. Pick it up in verse 17 and 18. So a little, a little context about this, which I'm sure you, you, you know about Athaliah and everything that she was. Uh, but at this point, Israel's in a bit of a pit, <laughs> so to speak. There have been pits dug, both by wicked people and by their own simple behavior. But Jehoiada has entered, entered into this mix. Jehoiada then made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people. He also made a covenant between the king and the people. All the people of the land went to the temple of Baal and tore it down. Somebody say tore it down. down. They smashed the altars and idols to pieces and killed Matan, the priest of Baal, in front of their altars. Then Jehoiada, the priest, posted guards at the temple of the Lord. What, Pat, what, what the Pastor Nix did for us simultaneously was tear down altars, tear down idols, idols, tear down uh, the images that we were hiding behind, tear down the pits that either we were digging for others or that we were dug for ourselves while simultaneously bringing healing to the land. How many of you uh, raise your hands when they ask, have you been fathered by a pit? Have you described yourself, have, have you uh, described yourself or thought about yourself by your missteps, yep. by the pits that you had fallen in? See, I know I was in that category. Yep. This, this is something that in, in, in growing up, we used to define ourselves by the struggle. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I ain't got nothing. I'm going a, I'm to a get it. I'm going to hustle, all this kind of stuff. It, it was a cool thing in the world to define yourself by the pit you were in. But what we learned about the Lord is that he's not content in allowing us to stay in that pit. He's not uh, not content to allowing us to stay in this mindset of the world, but he pulls us up out of the pit. So we no longer have any excuse. We no longer have anything holding us back. The Lord said, get out of the pit, son. As a matter of fact, get up out of that pit. That's what the Lord did. And there were some amazing healings and testimonies going on in that place about men who were actually restored and said, no. No, I can be a son. I can be a son not only to the father. I can actually be a son to these men who God has called to father me. Or no, I can be a father. I can call spiritual sons to follow in the, in the, the, the interaction that I've had with the Lord. My deep abiding relationship with the Lord can secure these sons. That is what the Lord did in that session. And, and if, if you don't see that as something amazing, well, I know you do. So I'm, 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 not, I'm not talking to you. That's for somebody else. That was an amazing service that God was pouring out his spirit on us. You know why? Because he wants us to own it. Yeah. He wants us to be the sons who can then be fathers. That is the only reason God allowed that outpouring to happen because he wants the, the same thing that we experience. He, know other, he knows other men needs to see it. There's an epidemic of fatherlessness going around, especially uh, uh, both physical fatherlessness And spiritual, where where sons are being orphaned and left out to die. And the Lord says, I am raising up fathers in this place. So he started with us.
1: (laughs) This is incredible. You guys familiar with Benaiah? On a snowy day, he went down into what? To kill a lion. It's almost like he was looking out for his brothers. Psalm 18, in verse 34, says... He trains my hands for battle, and my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory, and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. Man, how good is our Father? Yeah. Have you ever got yourself in a pickle here at LCM and had the pastors have to come rescue you? I got myself in a pit. (laughs) I raised both my hands, but, you know, you won't be able to hear me. And when they come to rescue you, how do you feel in that moment? Don't you feel relieved? Praise the Lord. Don't you? Don't you thank the Lord, Lord? Thank you for men of God like this, who would come down into my situation and pull me out of it. Men of God who would not leave me there. Men of God who would who refuse to allow me to be defined by the pit. This is the character of our Father. He stoops down to make us great. I love the story from uh, that Pastor Nick shared about the Chinese believer. Right, he had a dream. Was having a difficult time understanding, while, uh, understanding Christianity. Had a dream where Confuci- Confucius came by and didn't help him. Buddha came by and didn't help him. But he said Jesus went into the pit and pulled him out. Come on, man! Our, all of us have experienced that from our good Father, that He has sent His Son to continually rescue us from the pit again and again and again. Whether it's a pit of despair, what, whatever you want to define the, the pit. Fill in the blank. Our good father who is seated on the throne is still rescuing us from those things because we're a son to the living God. We're not defined by those things. We're called to be wells that produce more wells. So when David is writing here in Psalm 18, he says, you stoop down to make me great. It's not just him dusting off his knees like, OK, I'm out of the pit. No, no, no. He is called to testify about the character of God. Yeah. He's called to be a well that springs up that other people might drink from. This is who we are, LCM. This is who we're called to be, that when we're rescued from the pit, and we have, we should testify to the character of our good king, the character of our good God, the character of our father, that others might drink from that and they themselves may experience the things that we're experiencing. Yeah.
0: You won't have to look long to find somebody who needs help out of a pit. Moving on to session four. Say it with me. Una Unashamed! Una were y'all blessed by our brothers? I, I, I love y'all. I love you so much. I love, I love you, Pot Gary. So John 6:63. 6, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say. This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Come on. We are Peter. We are Peter. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Like, should I go and act like the world again and pretend that that's okay? To whom shall we go? You have... The very words of life. That sermon that the pastors preached moved me. You know why it moved me? Because I have been ashamed. Because I have been ashamed. Ashamed of my calling. Ashamed of myself when I say stupid things. Ashamed of many different things. But you know who I'm not ashamed of? The Lord. And if he's not ashamed of me, then why should I be ashamed? No, they need what we have. We don't need what they have. They, they come up to the standard of God that, that God has produced this life. Nobody in my family will disagree with the fruit of my life. They won't disagree with the fruit in Pastor Wade's life. They won't disagree with the, fu- the, the fruit in Pastor Nick's life. They won't disagree. But there's a temptation when there is a pull to feel like, ah, we're we doing something. No, we're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, come on. We are unashamed of this way of life Amen. because it is the only thing that produces life. It is the only thing that will actually produce shalom in your marriages. It is the only thing that will cure this epidemic of crazy children and fatherless sons. It's the only thing Is this way of life. And we are to be
1: una shamed. Speaking about una shamed, let's put up Acts 4.13. Let's learn this from the, the apostles themselves. It says this in the NASB. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. This is incredible. Looking at how the apostles acted, these men went from Uh, just fishermen in the the lowest in society, to stand before the religious leaders of their day completely unashamed. And these religious leaders were marveling at the fact that although these men were untrained, although these men were uneducated, they knew, they can see that these men had been with Jesus. This is what it looks like to be unashamed, to be completely unapologetic of this way of life that we live. This way of life works. You know why it works? Because we're all here. Look at the fruit of our lives. It works. And we need to have, we, we the Lord is forming deep convictions inside of us. And just like the apostles, we're completely unashamed. We're unashamed of what God has given us. James one says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights. And we've been given this way of life as a gift, but not just for Abimbola Darimola, not just for Justin Linton, not just for Ibrahim Zakari, but so that the nations will be one so they can so they themselves can experience what we have experienced. See, being a man of deep convictions and, and, and taking a hold of this way of life is to throw away any other expectation of what we think we're supposed to be. Come on, Pastor Nick. You know how I'm defined by? I'm defined by what God has done in my life here at LCM. Yeah. Nothing outside of this. This is what has made me who I am, according to the word of God, according to the biblical pattern, not according to what I, I want to think about myself. No, what does God's word say? I remember during the session, one of the sessions, I don't know who was speaking at the time, but it said, Pastor Eric, you you always answer with the word. Don't you have any thoughts of your own? No, I don't have any thoughts of my own. The word is my thought. I go to the word. I submit to the word. This is what it looks like to produce and to save the nations. That the Word of God is the highest standard, the authority in our very lives. That this way of life, we're unashamed about it, and this is how other people are going to be transformed. Now, speaking about transformation, could you guys see transformation with King's Harvest? Yes. Man, did you guys love that session? Yeah. Faithfulness to do the Word. It was a simple, Message, but powerful in their obedience. These men were speaking out of the experience of their lives. They engaged the word of God. They heard the word of God. They listened to the word of God, and they did the word of God. This reminded us of Deuteronomy 32, picking up in verse 45 in the ESV. It says, and when Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel, he said to them, take to heart all the words by which I am warning you today. That you may command them to your children. Did you guys hear about them speaking about their families and their children? Yeah. That they may be careful to do all the words of this law. For it is no empty word for you, but your very life. And by this word, you shall live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. I mean, they drilled this home whenever they, they shared this with us. Yeah. Faithfulness to just do the word of God. Again and again and again and again and again, regardless of how long it takes. Just faithfulness to do what the word of God already says. And I love what Pastor Justin said. So I stopped looking for the Lord to speak to you. He already has. Just do the last thing he showed you to do. And that's what the Lord is, is, is working inside of me. Stop looking for new revelations. Stop looking for something new. Do the last thing that I showed you to do according to my word. Do the last things that your fathers gave you to do. Do that according to the word, and that's all you need. Simple. It's a simple message that we we can all nod our heads to, but walking it out in obedience. Yeah. That's what's important, and that's what the Lord is doing here at LCM, that we have the, the gospel, the full gospel, the gospel we were completely unashamed of, the gospel that is the power of salvation, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. This gospel is not complicated, but we, we get to walk in obedience. When I look at a man like Adam Korah, this is a man who is walking in obedience to the word of God. Right? Adam is full of scriptures. He's full of six scripture strings, but he's, he's more full about him just doing what God's word says. Yeah. And this is what has built this body in this congregation. Oh, man.
0: It had to come to a close. But no, you know, it didn't come to a close. That was the start of something. The, the conference had to come to a close, but the obedience that comes from it is only beginning. Session six, we had submission ministries and called out ministries. Right? Do y'all remember the five points that they gave us? Were you moved by that word? Did you leave with some truths? that you could put into practice, like, immediately? Yeah. See, good fathers, they wait well. Good fathers give timely words. Good fathers see downrange. Come on, Spence. Good fathers have an eye for the unlikely. Were any of you moved to tears when, when Pastor, uh, Pastor Zach started to started to share his testimony with Pastor Matt? Was. <laughs> Sam was pointing at, like, he was. <laughs> I was, too. I, I, I couldn't hold it in. Because it is something, to be honest, that as a man, you long to see. And we have that example before us. And what's more than that, we have the opportunity to do exactly what has been done for us to to another son. And that was amazing. Good fathers have an eye for the unlikely.
1: And good fathers stack stones for their sons. Habakkuk 2, verse 2 and 3 says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Just, just in light of everything that Brother Linton said, the five, the five points, the five aspects of being a father. One thing to note here is that Jehoiachin had a revelation. And in that revelation that he had, it required him to be a seed that dies, to produce the generations after him. Pastor Jake said that the seed is the son, and the seed that dies is the father. And Jehoiachin had this revelation. There's something else about this Habakkuk 2 passage. The Lord is not in a rush to complete his divine plan. He's actually more interested in working his divine character and deep convictions inside of us that is, so that the divine plan that he has was always meant to go to the generations after That's a good us. word. The Lord's not in a rush. A day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. He's more concerned by working these things and repping these things inside of us so that we will be seeds that die so that the generations after us might be blessed. Yeah. And they will replicate the exact same thing over and over and over again. And just, just meditating on this fact, it moves me, knowing that, I get to die for this body, and it's my great joy to die for this body, Amen. and to know that me going, dying daily for this body is going to produce the nations, and as we do that for each other, the nations will be one. I can't, I can't stop looking and locking eyes with Ibrahim Zakari. Yeah. Ibrahim is a man that is called to lay down his life for the nations, yeah. and he's a man that is laying down his life for the nations. And the Lord is is taking his time with each and every single one of us. We're we're 20 years into this as a body, and he's working his character, this immovable character inside of us that regardless of what's going on, the nations are going to be one. Though it lingers, we wait for it. So that a herald will run for it. uh, So that a herald may run with it. Notice that Habakkuk is penning this. But it's a herald that's gonna run with the message. Yeah. It's almost like we're we're called to be sons that become fathers who produce more sons that run with the message that we receive. Come on. This is how the generations are one. Yeah. That's a beautiful point. You you wanna to get to what God has
0: called you to do? Stop worrying about getting to it. Get the deep conviction down inside of you, and the Lord will bring that about in his timing. Hurry up and wait. So this, is, this kind of concludes our, our summation of just the, the, the portion of what we could fit about the conference. But as the conference was coming to an end, I started to feel a weight, uh, like God was quickening uh, me to something, quickening us to something. And I want to share that with you. This is Micah 6. Turn to Micah 6, and we're going to pick up in verse 3. So we received a weighty call. Remember, Pastor Eric said, I'm not concerned about right now. I'm concerned about what happens 100 years from now so that we put these deep convictions deep inside of us because people have drifted. And so there was a weight. There was a covode to what God was speaking because we're talking about the kind of revelation and the kind of ways of life that's going to change that map. That is a big map. Those are not small countries. Those are not uh, uh, friendly territories. But you know what? They will be. They will be in the name of Jesus. So we received this weight and started to think, okay, Lord, what do we do now? What do we do now? What do we do now? And the Lord brought me to this. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me. Now, in context, God is speaking to his people because the commands have become a little burdensome to them. Like it, Lord, we, and really it's because they're wrestling just like we wrestle with our own failure, with our own uh, uh, inability, But before we went to the conference, God was curing that through Nehemiah in Psalm 119 saying, hey, we hope in God's salvation. We trust in him and we do his commands, but it's not our own faithfulness that we're dependent on. We're dependent on his. And so the people of God are wrestling saying, man, this is, this is really tough. This is really difficult. And God is saying, hey, no, my word is not a burden to you. My call is not a burden to you. This that you... I had this plan from the very beginning. You're only just now finding out about it, LCM. The call that I've given you to be fathers, to own this revelation, to make this deep conviction yours, to produce sons, to raise sons who raise sons, that is not a burden to you. Remember, and and look how God engages them, and he reminds them of who he has been
1: to them. Pick up with us in verse verse 4 says for i brought you up from the land of egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery and i sent before you moses aaron and miriam this is incredible the lord's reminding them of what he's already done that they have been set free that they're no longer uh fathered by the pit he's speaking to his nation saying, hey i have given you the rights as a son, and a privilege that you may cry out to me, Abba, Father. Come on. Remember what I've already done for you. Remember that I've already rescued you from the pit. Remember that I've already given. I sent you leaders to help you walk in this way of life. That He's raised up faithful leaders, and He's given them this pattern that has been demonstrated to us, that we may be raised up in it. On. Hebrews thirteen says to look to the, to, the, to the leaders and to imitate their way of life. Look at verse 5. It says, Oh, my people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, devised, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. Think about, remember, LCM, that everything that the enemy has ever thrown your way, that has sought to bury your calling, bury the vision that God has given you, bury your shalom in the home, Everything you could possibly ima- imagine, the Lord has turned into a blessing. Every single one of them. Just like, just like Balaam is standing there to curse the nation of Israel, every time he desires to do so, God turns it into a blessing because our Father is so- his sovereign. And no matter how many attacks, no matter how many things come our way, our Father is able to turn those things into a blessing to cause deeper convictions to be worked inside of us for the purpose that the generations... Yes. Will be sustained that the generations will be one. He's been doing this to work His character inside of us. That as we obey His word, we're bringing glory to Him. Yeah. So look at what
0: God did. They they felt the, the enormity of the call, and it, it, it was starting to become a wearisome. And He's saying, No, no, no. Look, you're free. You're not a slave any longer. You're not a you're not a slave to fear. You're not a slave to faithlessness. You are free. I freed you. I gave you leaders to show you how to walk in this way. And if that wasn't good enough, every time something something came to drag you down to the pit, I said, no, I will turn this into a blessing. You are my sons. I am sending you to the nations with this revelation. In verse 6, he says, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand of rams, with ten thousand rivers of oils?" Shall I give my firstborn son for, the, for, for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? my soul? So now that he has done all these things, now that he, is, he got us to the place of shalom before we went to the conference, and then he spoke amazing revelation that we're to carry out now. Now at this point, do we start to engage in anxious toil? Do we start to really like work in our own strength? Like, okay, now I just got to do something. No, God has already shown us what to do. He has already shown us the way of life. We're to simply walk in it and trust him. So you're not, you're not trying to make up things to do now. You already have it before you. The pattern works. The way of life works. As you walk in the pattern, as you hold to the deep convictions that, that we're our fathers that are becoming ours, he will produce in you an example to the nations. Let's take a brief aside to talk about this way that he's calling us to walk.
1: We're going to read to you Isaiah 51. You stay where you at Micah 6. Look at what it says in Isaiah 51. Pick it up in verse 1. It says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness. That's you, LCM. Who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave birth to you in pain. When he was one, I called him, then I blessed him and multiplied him. This is what we've been given. It didn't originate with us. We can look as far back as Abraham, a man with deep convictions, a man who heard the call in Genesis 12 to go. No GPS, no further details, just to go and he trusted the Lord. And look at what it's produced. We're called the offspring and the seed of Abraham. We're in his his faith. God called and Abraham followed. God promised and Abraham and Sarah trusted him in every step of the way. See, this is how the, Hebra- the Hebride Islands were won by John G. Payton. The same, the same things that we see in Abraham, the same things we see in the fathers of the faith, is the same thing that faithful men of God have held on to for generation to generation to generation. And this is how the nations are won. See, <clears throat> the Lord gave our spiritual fathers A revelation. That started off in a small church in a garage. But look at what is produced. Lenton was just talking about this earlier. When we showed up at the One Association conference, you didn't have to work hard to get to know somebody. You knew they were family when you saw them. Within, Within 15 seconds of talking to them, you're like, this is my brother, this is my sister. How did we get to that? It's because this way of life works. The revelation that these men have been given is now a revelation that we get to carry and to run with that the generations might be blessed. See, the Lord, just like he led Abraham, just like he led the fathers of the faith, he's also leading us, LCM. The honest truth, it doesn't always feel that way. Not every day feels that way, but he is leading us better than we can follow him. We just need to trust him. Do you think Abraham always knew that, you know, it it felt good today just to walk in the midst of a, a desert? But God said, go, and he trusted that the Lord is able to navigate his course to get him exactly where he needs to be. And it's yeah. the same with us. We don't need to worry about the details. Forget all the details. Let's just say, yes, Lord, wherever it is you want us to go, we're going to start walking in that direction. And by your grace, by your spirit, you will lead us there. Yeah. You know what? I'm,
0: I'm starting to, and Brother Jacques starting to make your way up here. I'm starting to, to appreciate from my fathers that, to be honest, because I was faithless in the past, it used to really frustrate me. I was like, hey, what do you think I should do about this? And they give a very simple answer. You just need to trust the Lord. Read your word and trust the Lord. And I'm like, oh, I really just wanted you to tell me why. Because it was faithless. But what I'm, what I'm starting to appreciate about my fathers is that I'm seeing that they were raising me up into the same kind of faith that produced this ministry. How are we going gonna, to gonna, uh, produce this way of life? How are we going to become of springs of living water the same way your fathers have because you're their son. You can do exactly what they've done. You can walk by faith every day just like Abraham and you know what? You're going to end up at the destination that God had already promised. That is what we've been called to. The same kind of faith walk just like Abraham. The same kind of faith walk just like our fathers and you know what's different about it now? We're owning it. We're owning it. Saying so, no, no. I'm a, I'm a wellspring of life that that brother needs. I'm going to raise up sons who are going to raise up sons. We're going to see people saved in our living rooms. We're going to see people saved at home means. You know why? Because I have a spring of living water inside me. Yeah. Nolan Hewitt has a spring of living water inside him that I need, that you need. That is what we are called to, LCM. Yeah. Micah 6 8 says, he has told you, oh man, what is good. He's already told us. It's not something that we're having to go and discover and climb up a mountain to peek over and see. He's already shown us the way of life that produces life. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to do what is right, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? He's already told us what is good, saints. He's already let us know where we have come from, and he's given us clear direction on where we are going. And we're going to raise up springs of living water all the way along the path. The pattern that has been established by the word of God and the fathers in this house has has gone before us and we will not deviate from it. Not now, not in a hundred years. We will not deviate from this way of life. We will only build upon it and our sons will go further than we are. We will hold to the pattern and walk by faith just as Abraham did. The conference, it was the start of something. That was not the Super Bowl finish. That was not the, okay, all right, now I'm waiting around till next year to see what God might speak. No. The conference was God giving us a shotgun start saying, hey, you see what this produces? You see what this will produce in one living room? What about 10 living rooms? What about in 40 families, this same way of life, this same walk of faith? What will this produce? You don't know, but you know what? You can find out. It's time to get to work. That's what the Lord is. You know, it's time to get to work. Our fathers had a deep abiding spiritual walk with God that secured us. It secured me and is doing the same to the day. But the question is, why may not I do the same? Why not you? Yeah. Our fathers became sons who raised up sons in the faith who raised up sons. Why may not I? Why may not you? Yeah. Our fathers transformed deep pits into deepest wellsprings. Why may not I and why may not you? Our fathers went from being ashamed in one way or another to being Una shamed, why may not I? Our fathers became immovable by being doers of the word of God. Why may not I? And you know what? You're going to do the same thing. We're going to do the exact same things that we have seen them do. Zechariah 12, 3 talks about an immovable rock that nations will come and they will hurt themselves on because they can't move it. That is what it's going to be like in this house as we take up these, these deep convictions. We're not going to be moved by sickness. We're not going to be moved by family. We're not going to be moved by the time that it takes to get from point A to point B. No, we have deep convictions that make us immovable rocks, and we will be here doing exactly what God has called us to do. Y'all stand up with us. This is the attitude. This is the direction that we're going. We're not making apologies about it. We're not, we're not slowing down. We're only going to speed up in being who God
1: has called us to be. Amen? Ephesians 3 verse 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, LCM, with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. LCM, he didn't send us here to this body because we cannot do it. He sent us here because we can. He sent us here to imitate this way of life. And I love what my brother just shared. We are completely unapologetic about it. It's what works. It's what's saving us, and it's what's going to save the nations. It requires us to be rooted and established in love, love for the brotherhood, love for for more of this way of life in greater fashion. Because Isaiah 61, like we learned at the conference, that as a result of us experiencing salvation, what does it ultimately do? It produces salvation in others. And verse 3 talks about providing for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty. Instead of ashes, the oil of gladness. Instead of mourning, a garment of praise. Instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called Oaks of Righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. This is what we get to do, LCM. We get to do it every morning we wake up. We put into practice our marriage teaching. We put into practice our parenting teaching. We put into practice working in teams. This is how they will be called Oaks of Righteousness. So as we close... We're going to close in celebration for what God is doing. We're going to we're going to close in celebration for what he has done at the conference. Like my brother said, it is now the start to move forward with a with a gas a foot on our gas spiritual gas pedal to do more for the King of Glory. That if you as you come to the altar, you're not coming down to to weep and mourn and grieve. No, you're to give glory to the King that has given us deep convictions and this way of life because we can, because he will work it inside of us. You guys ready to pray? Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that your character does not change. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, you've, you've lavished us mighty God. You've lavished us with this way of life. You've lavished us, Lord God, with this revelation, The revelation that we can own, a revelation that we, we take amongst ourselves and we hold on to. Father, we praise your name for what you're doing in our midst. Lord, we glorify your character that the nations will be one as a result of us living this life out, owning this way of life, owning this, Lord God, and be completely apologetic about it. Father, may you get glory out of our lives as we worship you, as we praise your holy name for what you're doing in this body, that as we go forth, mighty God, that we're going forth in your power and your anointing and your favor, mighty God. God, in the name of Jesus we pray.